Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. Welcome back for another episode of Divine Data. My name is Samantha Rose Paprin, and today I'm sat with Andy. How are you? I'm good, Samantha Rose Paprin. <laughs> <laughs> So good to see you here um, in, you know, the multiverse where all of our parlance is taking place at the moment. Uh, yeah. For having me over for tea. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So Andy, she's the founder of the Institute for Aliveness, the microbiome think tank and yoga graduate school. And she's just a biohacker in the lifestyle Med and lifestyle medicine, excuse me, um, badass extraordinaire, uh, sought after speaker, and I'm lucky to have spent some time hanging out with her, getting to know her over the past couple years, and she's really a fantastic human being, so I'm super excited to have her on today. Thanks, love bug. Yeah, my, uh, I mostly do emotional intelligence consulting now, kind of simplified it all all the institutes and the projects and all of these visions. It's just like, let's get down to people. Had a big career of, uh, you know, creating the professional ego. And I was always aware of it, never intending it, but it's kind of just what you had to do in this uh, online, like cyber marketing world. And it's so heavily inauthentic that it just it was always torturesome. And so three years ago when I stepped away from my career I also thankfully was like really able to step away from from the professional ego that's amazing so I must have just been meeting you like right at the beginning of that newness for you stepping into your authenticity fully because I know that for my own career I struggle creating curriculum and doing certain things for marketing and so it doesn't feel right and i'm a social media manager that's how i even stepped into these conference spaces and even know about biohacking in the first place and any of that because i was living fully in the matrix as a social media manager got voice and exit as my first client in a new space and i was like oh my goodness and i realized that the work that i was doing was a lot of superficial work that is necessary, like the marketing and all of that, but to do it for myself feels, I actually say that I don't mind sometimes being the pimp, but I don't want to be the pimp and the hoe. And I really don't like being the hoe. <laughs> I was like, I don't necessarily, that's not my role, but maybe like it's taking it like back and making it more personal like you're doing and just like let's back to the people away from the ego away from the marketing like just yeah. do it for you that's beautiful yeah i mean I, I as long as we're in these different human skin suits i don't know if we'll get away from branding that's what a name is is branding um and during my sudden return which was three years ago at the time when i was deciding to leave my career um 
I knew that I wanted to take on a new name because Dr. Andrea Page had become this thing uh, all around the world because I was working largely internationally. And um, I had never taken a spiritual name, even though I've been like deeply entrenched in the yoga and spiritual world for about 15 years. And the the absence of name was always what interested me. Like when people at certain trainings or things wanted to give me a spiritual name, I was like, cool, call me Om. Like just like nothing, just a sound. And um, then what really came after a lot of pondering, I guess you could say, during uh, my time off grid in silence for my sudden return uh, was X. It was, it's like, again the absence of name and so now my my brand if if one must is andy x it's just like it's just keep it simple it's not about me or the ego it's about the potential for humanity and sure if i represent or am a messenger for some of that then great sometimes people need a face but otherwise like let's find out what the mission is let's find others on the mission and let's enact the mission so 100 it's it's holding hands going up in arms together and no longer are we in a space of competition and you know hierarchy that's not we're here together as one humanity and i keep seeing that and feeling that for myself as well and i think kind of trying to shed a bit of those egoic layers i'm stepping into my saturn return as we speak, like this is the like precipice of that for me. And I'm, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. One word, <laughs> <laughs> One word to describe it. <laughs> Good. And for anyone who's listening who might not know, I mean, that's the period of time between 28 and a half and 30. So you can calculate people listening if you're in it or at the precipice of it. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's turbulent time when you're about to reach that but you're also realizing what I'm realizing in my experience is just like I'm an observer of all of these last few layers falling away and like I am just sinking into flow with it I'm accepting I'm surrendering into each of like all of the turbulence has been beautiful but it's there and it's exciting and it keeps you on your toes <laughs> that's for sure um but yeah, I love that. And I'm grateful that I honestly like came into this not as well researched as one might think someone should be for an interview. I also think that that stuff is going to be left in like the old paradigm as well. Like professionalism is going to look a lot different. Like all of those things are going to look a lot different because people are going to be like sinking into flow state and understanding that we're coming here. And like, you know, I may have this idea of this ego of and on dr andrea page you know this this big thing it's like we're coming here to be equals and have this conversation um and and be able to say hey like what's your part of the mission okay cool i can do this i can offer that and then i have this other friend who can do this other part of the mission let's go <laughs> um and finding that those teammates that network that mycelium to help usher in that newness is really important mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like I, um, I run a chain of, or I help run, I advise a chain of holistic outpatient clinics in India. 
and um, something we do there is uh, the two minute interview. And it was something that I kind of invented because in India, there's a lot of people. And so there's a lot of people to interview. And uh, so what, what we do is kind of bring someone in and within two minutes, we know whether we're essentially gonna hire them or not. And it's fully based upon criteria of presence and ability to show up for the mission at hand. And um, yeah, it's really powerful when we take that aspect of commitment to every area of our life where it's like, it's not about wishy-washy or how can I be impressed by the show that this person's putting on, but just like, who are they? Where are they? And how can I constantly level up my skills to be able to see clearly for that? Mm-hmm. And like, how can we support each other through this, through this? Because we, there are definitely moments in time where I think um, a lot of people who do see the world in a different way and have seen the world in a different way and know that this newness is like something that's going to be good. It's still painful. It's a burden to bear. Um, and that loneliness in the, it, there's a loneliness that comes with it and isolation that comes with it as well, especially when some of your loved ones around you aren't seeing it the way that you do. So that non-competition thing that I was speaking of is like, it's so important to step away from that part of the ego because we're here to do this together. And if we are all fractals of one greater consciousness, then my fractal is something that you need to see to like awaken and activate that ability capacity within you or your, that desire, that joy, or that love of that thing that may not be like expressed from your personal being, but you're like, Hey, look at that. I can see it in you. That's such a beautiful reflection. And I think we're moving into, I put it on my Instagram the other day. Like, do you guys think that the next currency that we're really going to be looking at is going to be more energetics based telepathy based Mm -hmm. rather than, uh, I don't even know what they base currency off of in this world right now, because they're printing trillions of dollars out of thin air. Like it's, not real it's monopoly money it's crazy hopefully that'll stop now the federal reserve is finally under the fiduciary of the centralized american government we'll see but uh yeah i mean there's there's so many um themes there that you brought up and i want to express for anyone listening kind of um a bit of a critique of of the awakening world if i may uh, in this strata of um, kind of ignorance to acute awareness, there's a lot of hodgepodge getting mixed up and confused today. And um, for people who are just opening their eyes to something beyond the corporate cap- capitalist slavery of the white picket fence and two and a half kids or whatever it might be, uh, and realizing that there could be more to life, that there is this entrepreneurial spirit of, um, that really represents a quality of freedom that has never been so um, on offer to humans before as it is today, especially people in the Western world, as well as people in subaltern states. And um, with that, there's a lot of mixing because some people haven't had the experience, let's say, of like deep awakening and so all of these concepts remain concepts they remain ideas um of like i mean i can just take non-competition for example that was something 
very early on in my process of desocialization, very intertwined with my um, entanglement with awakening of, I was 20 years old and I remember I asked for non-competition from the community that I was in because I knew it was something that was like a major um, threshold for me to cross. And someone can have that as an idea, but if they don't actually experience it, embody it, and uh, know at a cellular level, for want of better verbiage, what that means, then it's just ideas. And a lot of what's happening now, especially in the millennial generation, is people are like fake woke, right? Or I guess that means they're woke, right? They're, they're not actually embodied in um, these concepts. And yet the, the desire for desocialization is so strong to say like everything that I was taught was right and good and bad and right and wrong. All of these dualistic concepts are, um, I'm just going to throw them away to the wayside. And then we have a bunch of people living in spiritual materialism and uprooted or ungrounded in actual true um, embodied enlightenment. And so there's a lot of mixture going on right now. And um, I think part of my, peeling back of the words like even biohacking even though that used to be in my bio like now I don't find it's helpful at all because it tends to you know group me with people who are doing largely unnatural things to the body for questionable reasons and I'm just like a long-term fasting expert which is the opposite of that it's allowing the body to heal itself and do what it wants and so like there's so many layers of uh we call it maya in the Vedic text, like illusion, so many layers of getting lost in this journey of awakening of, of where the earth is right now. And nonetheless, I see very much a union happening uh, between the kind of corporate capital driven, um, you know, well-funded worlds with the, um, you know, the hippies who are banging on their drums and planting their trees who I've been hanging out with for too long and kind of distanced myself from to go to these people who are doing action in the world. And now finally, now like literally last solstice, like I feel that there is a, a convergence uh, and that is what will steward in this new world. But it's going to take a tremendous amount of discretion and clarity and honesty, both with ourselves and others. Yeah. And I think there needs to be much more of a stage for people to say they don't know. And often social media and all this public representation is like, look how much I know. And a lot of times it's just parroting off what you heard from somewhere. It's dogmatic. And so at the Institute for Aliveness, we're really trying to kind of like vector away from that and also delineate that as a concept so that people can be attuned to look out for it. Totally. And remembering that like all of us were all each other's teachers and students and that we all have valuable like data and codes and information to share with one another, um, no matter where you are on your path or like what age you are in this physical skin suit, like all of those things, like none of that really matters. And we are stepping in to a time where we're remembering that even like our babies, that those, those are like some of the most like viable information sources on the planet. They are teachers, they are gurus, they're here, they, they're like un, untouched. You know, natural babies are like mind boggling smart, like so switched on, so in tune, like you can see it just in the clarity of their eyes. And then once they start to be able to talk at just like two years old, 
I don't know, I had a two-year-old offered movie night one night. I was staying in Costa Rica and they're like, let's have movie night. And I was like, yeah, what do you want to watch? Cat from Outer Space. It was like, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a 1970s film about like this cat who comes from outer space with the collar that can like shoot laser beams and like kill the bad guys. And it's all, I was watching and I was like, this is like the trippiest movie. This two-year-old knows like what's about to happen, can like recite lines from it and knows more about planets than I do. <laughs> like, this is incredible. And if we can really start to like, accept that and accept that we really don't know and that like repeating what we see in the echo chamber and all of that is dogmatic is dangerous too because especially if like you've gone through like part of an awakening but you really don't like uh just remind reminded me of that meme that's like the meme that's like people think spiritual awakenings look like mm. yeah really they look like ah, and yeah it's a lot of that and shadow work and understanding that like it isn't always rainbows and butterflies and like we do have to take into consideration everybody on the planet and all of humanity and all of the things in the decisions that we make and that you know once you figure out your like path of your plan like that's for me what hit me was like I don't really see see another purpose once I figured this out what what else am I doing and why else wouldn't I like feed into this thing like I don't I don't want to have a job at a restaurant or do anything that's soul sucking or stopping me from going towards like once I know I know you can't unknow that that part you can't unknow mm -hmm. you know it doesn't mean I know everything but I know what is going to like pull me forward on my path and I want to help people to like I say you know the definitely the buzzwordy stuff like remember your divinity and stuff but it is that it is that it is coming back to your own divinity and your own truth and coming into that self-love and by doing you know the work that you're doing by helping people understand you know their own cellular beings like on a cellular level to what they put into their bodies consuming the thought word I mean food all of the things like we need to remember that that's like that is the biohacking that we're looking for not necessarily like the weird like adrenochrome or whatever stuff like I don't even know if that's real but even just some of the some of the stuff that I've seen it's weird and I understand that that marriage between like the consumerist capitalist world and wellness world and hippieism and all the wokeness i've seen some really weird stuff the bad actors and really weird ceremonies going on at events where it's like this is supposed to be good but i don't feel i don't feel right in my system um and i understand what your intention was but you didn't study this well enough you didn't understand yourself and that person is capitalizing off of people's ignorance um, and allowing for kind of dangerous energy work to go down. And sometimes it's like not even real stuff that happens. And I'm like, eh, they can, I guess they can continue doing that. But if you actually want to learn something, I could show you some other dude over here and he charges like way less to like, um, just doing it for humanity. So sorry, I went on a bit of a rant, but I totally felt into what you were saying was like, yeah, and we are coming into a time where like, the veil's lifted. There's no more hiding from that stuff. Like, I slip it out immediately. I'm like, I won't be part of this thing. So. Yeah, totally. I mean, and 
I think that started to reflect as well. Maybe, maybe I'm a bit optimistic in Generation Z and um, their, the fact that they kind of grew up with influencers as their demigods rather than celebrities, even though they're kind of the same, same. Um, they have their pulse on authenticity to a deeper level. And I mean, if you look at a coming of age story, like teenagers now are in such a fucking reckoning of like, what, what is this world? What's going to happen? And nothing's guaranteed tomorrow. And so I think that'll really change the course of, of humanity in many ways. Um, but as a millennial, right, it's my, I see my mission very much in life, my duty, my dharma to steward the awakening of our generation so that what we create for Generation Z will be from a place of um, well-examined truth, like, like deep, deep authenticity. Um, we have to be coming from a place of integrity. And I see that so much too with Gen Z with TikTok and stuff. Like you can have millions of followers. Anyone can have millions of followers now. And it shows like how much room on this planet there is for us to all take up space and be magical mm -hmm. and be potently powerful and like tap into our highest potential. And that is our purpose here. That's what we're supposed to be doing, you know? It's, it's, it's to be, to, to remember that we, we can come home to that magnificence. And maybe some of us are on a journey where this lifetime, it doesn't come into fruition because we're still working through a lot of karmic stuff. But I also think that maybe that's not the case. Maybe we can usher in a time where one lifetime you can work through that stuff because we don't add extra societal debris and crap that isn't coming with us into this new space new time new paradigm whatever you want to call it that we're stepping into hmm. yeah it's funny i think because i was um living and working in ubud during the 20 boom odd teen years of, uh, you know, when the millennial generation really exploded in its spiritual inquiry, like we're, we're post big bang of it, if you believe it. Um, and being in the place of bliss and flowers and whatever, I guess I was always just kind of this counterculture realist of like, cool, half of you in the room or more, none of the, that, languaging none of that conceptual referencing is going to land for you you're not going to understand like even words like divinity like that you you've just not had any experience of that it remains as an externalized concept and i think i always felt for those people like i have my my quintessential joe the plumber from australia or like, you know, maybe the truck driver who was driving cross country eating hamburgers and sticker Snickers one day and then the next day he shows up in my detox retreat and it's like, cool, what do you do with him? How do you, how do you speak to him? Because that quality of communication, I find to be so much more valuable than, um, than any of the more fluffy wordage and even though I recognize like the fluffy wordage is powerful for people because it reinforces an experience that they may be having of um their their magic and their power and all of this it's like 
it's it's kind of part of the same discussion that's happening in the world now about anything from how well how white wellness is to how non-inclusive a lot of awakening practices and principles are um that yeah it, it almost others people like talking about our divinity others people unless you're a fucking guru in india and you're speaking to people who have been brought up in this verbiage and this worldview and so it's like yeah there's a major crisis of the white western spirit um in these days and yeah i don't really want to coddle them anymore i don't i don't i don't i don't i don't i just like there's no i don't have room or space or patience for it i think that that means that like maybe i'm speaking to a different demographic at the present moment because or no it doesn't mm -mm, i take that back i reject that as well because i honestly like what we're stepping into a time where like telepathy and divinity and all of that like is gonna be just like normal at some point like the the new normal like maybe it's not gonna happen as quickly as i think but i definitely do see us stepping into a time where we're already talking about it we already have people out there we already have like the david wilcox of the world we already have tons of people who've been doing it and saying it and now we're really moving into that space and time where like energetics, like half of the parties I go to, like we sit in silence, <laughs> like meditating together and just like, mm, I like swimming in your energy. Like that's the parties that I see happening. Own parties I'm really going to. And that's not something that was that commonplace like a couple years ago. Like, yeah, maybe in our circle, right? But like now I'm just like, hopping into new towns no matter where i am that's the type of event that i find myself in and i'm like yeah this is the new and you are divine you don't like hearing that good it's your shadow that doesn't want to hear it it's your ego that doesn't want to hear it it's the stories that you've been telling yourself and society's been telling you for years and years and years and i'm here to remind you you are divine and i don't see it as like an all-inclusive i mean an, an exclusive club i see it as an all-inclusive club that people are afraid to come to sometimes because going into that club means meeting themselves fully and saying goodbye to all the other distractions and all of the other whatever is like the illusion it means killing a part of themselves that has existed for so long that's scary and i'm okay i'm here to hold them when they open the door and they're ready to go on that journey but i don't want to change my verbiage anymore i don't want to censor myself but i get what you're saying <laughs> i just won't do it there's a certain groundedness when you say all of that that um is much more identifiable is the word that comes but i don't know if that's fair like it's it's able to be seen much more and a lot of that verbiage comes without that groundedness um yeah i mean you talk about those parties and i'm like oh god get those like the fuck away from me i'm totally like if there's like modernism i'm like post-modern if there's like colonialism i'm like post-colonial like i'm just like um yeah lots of years in those spaces and um waning interest even then um because far too often what i've seen is you know a girl leaves a yoga class where she's all shanti and whatever and then like someone steps on her toe outside and she's like fuck you and it's like whoa dude what just <laughs> happened to the yoga 
And yeah, so it's, I mean, we're very much in this space of um, that tipping point. And I, I strongly believe that the more awakening experiences that are available to our generation, the faster it will happen. And so that's why a lot of the work that I do both at a deep level, like the 18 month program with the Institute for Aliveness is this full on stewarding of the awakening at like a deep, cause I think you can tell by now, like I don't fuck around. I don't have time. Just like you don't have time for anything less than a certain quality of honesty with self. Um, that's undeniable. And then we, I, I still run, and this is like the only thing that I really do still for my old career is I run one week fasting retreats every month online. And so we actually have one now and we have people from I think probably 10 different countries at least and multiple continents um, who have come together to fast and to be really honest with themselves through that experience because fasting is, it is the hastening process. Um, all, all of that self-realization happens that much faster when you take away the coping mechanisms of emotional eating and the normal reaching and instead of reaching out you reach in and um, yeah and I, I mean it does definitely steward great results it's, it's, I mean it's called the initiation so it is it is an initiation into seeing differently my dog just had something to say about it. He just growled about it. He said, oh, the initiation. <laughs> Can I see him? Can yeah. I see him? He's under the bed right now. And he, Leo, you want to come here? No. no. He's a very lazy boy. He's, he's sleeping under the bed. We just got a growl from him for a second, maybe. There we go. Oh, you're big. I imagined you're small. Hi. <laughs> Hi, sweet thing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's a little German Shepherd mix that I just adopted here in Austin. We fell Wow. <laughs> so new. Wow, good. Quarantine dog. That's the best time and place. Yeah. I fostered him, and then the, this family tried to come meet him one day, and I looked at him, and I was like, no one's taking you're my homie. <laughs> um, it was wow. very clear that he was meant for me. Um, it's really cool. It's really a divine connection that he and I have. And I'm happy to say it's a divine connection because the second that I just made the decision that I was keeping him, he like came over, jumped on my lap like a bunny and all four legs like came into the air and jumped and sat right on my lap. He had not done anything like that in the two weeks that I was fostering him. And I was like, you speak English <laughs> or are you reading my mind sir and like from then I was just best friends so I really do believe in that stuff and I really do operate in that space of like I love the idea of these two minute interviews because I do feel at this point in time especially with like greater sensitivity or heightened sensitivity I'm able to like hone in on who I'm supposed to meet in a room usually they'll come to me or like it just happens that we lock eyes immediately when I'm in a space I'm like oh yep this is why I'm in this space right now and I'll see why. And, and you're, usually it's someone, I need a chiropractor. It's this like chiropractor who's an energy worker comes and manifests into my life like immediately. Or like, I would like to work on, on this conference, but I don't have a venue. My friend just bought 40 acres of land. Let's go have a venue. You know, it's, it's nice operating in that flow and then realizing that, 
that's what is life. That is just awareness. That is just like presence and coming to and realizing that we've been creating this. There is a cosmic map that's led us to where we are today. And all of the woo-woo spiritual stuff is just kind of normal. That is normal. And it's been happening underneath on a subconscious level, whether we like it or not, we've been on this path and whether we take in like the path of least or most resistance has been up to our own free will. Um, and I really, I love that you do, um, host that 18 month program with the Institute of, Li of Liveness. And I think that we need, you know, to be able to usher this newness in, in a safe environment, because I, I've seen people pop and kind of lose their minds, you know, cause it can be scary. It can feel like a schizophrenic break at times, like. And, and I do believe that even schizophrenia um, is not necessarily like a psychological disorder. Um, more so is, you know, being like a channel that you can't switch off or you're like stuck in between channels and you don't know how to like ground and be clear and bring your message through or messages through. Um, so, yeah. Thank you yeah. for coming, Andy. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like I've ended up just babbling most of the time, but it was such a lovely time having you here, having your energy here. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Yeah, well, when you were saying that last bit, um, and I mean, I literally just yesterday released a new week of classes for the students, and uh, the Friday lesson this week is... Um, is it psychosis or a spiritual awakening? It's speaking directly to that. Um, and I think two things that have been super monumental in my own path, and I think are, are helpful for others as well, um, are first any kind of archetypical um, curiosity spark. So for me personally, it's astrology and um, a very, distinct type of um, Western psychology would call it personality, but this is more like natal chart astrology of understanding who someone is, how they've been um, made up, like literally what fibers they're, they're sewn with. And when you can start to understand um, the envelope of the message, let's say, um, and the shape and the form of the messenger, it helps really to begin to siphon and decipher. Um, and so any kind of archetyping system, whether that's some people like numerology or um, you know, Jungian archetypical analysis, human design, the Enneagram, whatever it might be, just a way to start to um, like listen for the idiosyncrasies can be super helpful too. Especially for me, it, it kind of brought about a compassion, which I never really thought that I innately had um, and is super powerful for learning how to listen. And then the other thing that's um, quite potent, and we just finished a huge curriculum on it last month in the course is uh, trauma and realizing how much all of this is built upon layers of trauma and we all have trauma. I mean, that's part of being human today. 
and through that sense um, of acknowledgement of our trauma and through facing it, we can come to a whole other octave of being because we stop looking at the world from or through the lens uh, that's been colored by whatever the trauma traumas are. Um, you know, we start to really inquire into mommy daddy issues, which we all have. Like that is the foundation of psychoanalysis and all of Sigmund Freud's gift to the world. As much as it's evolved away from that today, it's um, there's still truth in it. And doing that deep work, which uh, previously was only you know classified to the mentally unstable or those who need a therapist or the insane or whatever it might be, and now it's really um, it's a part of the greater whole and having kind of tools and frameworks and boundaries in there are definitely what I think is needed. And I guess that's meant to be the Dharma of the Institute for Aliveness, which would be something that's stewarded far beyond me. Um, because as people are awakening, there's just not this framework for, um, you know, it's like Marie Forleo did B school. It's like this, this is like the like A school, the awakening school, the, the realization of like, how do we use our mind to sift through the intangible? Um, totally. Figure out, yeah, who we are and why we're here. I love that. And I love that you said that when you said that. Um, especially because I found myself like grounded only in moments in this conversation. And I did my own like healing and understanding throughout your, that just little bit that you just said, realizing that I came onto here, like with the idea of the ego of Andrea Page, Dr. Andrea Page, and this like, you know, you do a lot of the work that I want to do. Um, I'm not necessarily in the like wellness side. Like I don't do the nutrition aspect, um, but the advocating for and the speaking at conferences and the being this like grounded source of your own wisdom and so authentic and true to who you are, wherever you are and, and taking care of that. That embodiment is something I look up to totally. And I have my own issues with my own personal mother where nothing I ever did was ever good enough for her, which gave me this worthiness complex. And like, I can sense it in someone else very easily that they are a powerful person, that they embody truth, that they embody change and inspire change. And I sense that because I have that in me as well, but I'm not willing to fully admit it and live in that. So I caught myself babbling and to catch myself babbling, I'm like, great, thanks for coming on, bye. Like ready to just like exit out of here because I'm like sweating and nervous for what? For what? Because I also too truly believe that this is an equal playing field and that we are all fractals, but I am too healing. And I know that even through my awakenings and through all of this, like, like I said, precipice of um, Saturn return, stuff is still really coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Stuff is really coming up. And that mom stuff is still there. Like I've parted ways and I've done the cord cuttings and all of the things, but it's still like my core wound. Um, so I really love that. Thank you for sharing that right in that moment. Cause it also snapped me back into like, it's okay. 
it's okay. And you, Andy, like, yeah, you've done a lot. So I should be able to like, look up to you and be like in awe of you, but also like not feel afraid to be my grounded self here with you. And so just to say that for people watching is like, that's the real, real. That's like, I'm not like some person who's here, like saying that I'm a spiritual mentor and a Reiki healer and I'm wholly healed human. I'm just like the stars. Like, I'm just like anybody else trying to figure it out, you know, trying to understand this newness that we're stepping into, understand the skin suit that I've been placed in and all of that. So thank you for bringing that awareness back and bringing me back to here. It's important. For sure. And that, like that level of honesty that you then elevate the conversation to is so much more rewarding for the participants of the conversation as well as the listeners. It's like, how can we just be more honest with ourselves in every single moment? And that is the work. Like that is the work. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Saturn Return because fuck, like, I would, like, I'll love to have a conversation with you two, three years from now because you will not be the same person. And that's what Saturn Return does. Like, it's, um, there's quite a few people who are in the 18-month program right now who are in their Saturn Return. So, you know, I've stewarded them now through six months of, of sudden return and mine wasn't that long ago, you know, just a few years. And so I, I, and I was so viscerally aware during the entire process of what was going on as it was going on because I was an astrologer. So I had that lock of perspective. Um, but you know, it's the, like, it's the time when shit hits the fan in a way where it's like for the first time in your life, things feel hard. And so again, anyone who's between the age of 28 and a half and 30, like it's, it's, it's an awakening and normally people will get married and have kids and do things like that. And, you know, have like the hard knocks of life befall them where they have all of a sudden all of these responsibilities, these eternal responsibilities. And yet, um, in sudden return, there's a massive opportunity to take inventory of all the ways in which we haven't been honest with ourselves, where the rubber is not hitting the road and just like get down to the grind and do it. And um, yeah, like for people in sad and return or going into sad and return now with lockdown, like there couldn't be a more saturnal <laughs> kind of thing. And I mean, when we have, I don't know if, if, if anyone's briefed you, if you, or if anyone listening has heard, um, but like this astrological conjunction that we've been experiencing for the past three months is something that hasn't happened for 4,000 or more years. Like this is single-handedly the most potent uh, year of all of our lifetimes in astrology. And so, yes, it is happening now. And on many levels, we'll feel it and experience it, whether that's like things breaking beyond repair or new genius ideas landing down and asking to be tickled. And um, like the entire interface of everything is happening really strongly right now. And so definitely to be going through sudden return now is like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But like welcoming in all of the difficulty and knowing knowing why it's there like obviously it's always there to teach you but especially now it's here to teach and um 
yeah and then on that mother stuff like I guess I'm gonna have to be a hard one to say this to you <laughs> like there is no cord cutting you know <laughs> like that that's like some mythical fantasy it's like you were born and all of you listening were born into this lifetime with this dharma with this lineage for it to be continuously woven through your veins and you get to not cut the cord but decide how you're going to change the weaving perhaps for future generations um and so a lot of that contains like going home to those really difficult places and that's a big theme of sadhana as well going home um and yeah like tapping back into to the original wounds which often always have to do with our parents and it's like fuck it's hard it's pretty much the hardest thing that there is and there's a million and one excuses under the sun to say no or she's like that she'll never change or i can't do that or how is it possible to talk to him and it's like when we drop into that presence that comes with no competition no judgment all these things that you've mentioned that's just like oh fuck i feel small right now and i feel all the wounds coming up but there is an awareness beyond the wound and if i can hold on to that awareness and stay here in presence compassion so again this kind of archetypical compassion realizing that your mother right samantha your mother has had a tremendous amount of trauma herself and probably had a hugely tumultuous relationship with her mother absolutely and so like sitting in that compassion and sitting in that smallness and sitting in that pain and still sitting there until you can get to the place where you're willing to love and it's like that's when the cords are cut in terms of like the cords that are strangling us right words connecting us thank you for that reframe well i do feel good about closing up now andy <laughs> thank you truly for coming here yeah. thank you for all that you're doing for yourself and for everyone else around you and those who come to find you are very lucky to work with you yeah thank you for having me here and thank you for yeah opening the space and the platform i always love to kind of have uh, a space to say all of those counter <laughs> counterintuitive things and kind of you know whiplash the hippies and the spiritual materialists and that's always it's always good fun so thank you for um inviting this dissonance into a resonant space how is listening to that for you if you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good.